and rightfully so. We remember it is Emmanuel, God taking up the form of man. And we remember that He is a Savior, but we have much to rejoice and celebrate that we have a King. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, and this is after Christ has been born and probably is 18 months to 20 months old thereabouts, so he's, he's not in the manger, he's in his home. But the wise men made, were made aware of all this, and they came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. These wise men that came from the Persian Empire, east of Palestine, a great, great eastern area. It once was ruled by the Babylonian Empire, and that was followed up by the Medo-Persian Empire. And really, these wise men were descendants of the Persians, the Medes. The Magi, or the wise men, were a tribe of people from that part of the world. At the time of Jesus' birth, uh, they were the ruling body in that part of the world where they resided. They, they maintained the offices of the highest political powers, and um, they had been greatly influenced by the Jews. In fact, we don't have time to go into it, but Daniel, when the Israelites were taken captive into Babylon, Daniel and, and those that were taken with him had a profound impact on those of the Persian world and, um, and their influence influenced these wise men. So they had come and they, they were... Uh, called by historians as the kingmakers of the East. They were the people that made the kings, that recognized the kings, that gave them their authority. At this time, their great enemy was Rome. There was trouble in their empire uh, because at that time they had no one on the throne and the Magi were seeking someone to succeed the throne. You can only imagine what it was like when they rode into Jerusalem. They probably came on some of the finest Persian horses. There is no reason to believe that there were just three of them. In fact, estimates go into the hundreds, even thousands that may have come riding on horseback. And it's a little wonder that King Herod... And noticed this and became nervous about this and wanted to check this out. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2. And they came and said, We saw his star in the east. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? So imagine, here is this great host of people coming and King Herod is saying, wait a minute, what's going on? I'm king. These are the kingmakers here. 
coming from a far empire and they're looking for a king and they're coming here to see what is going on and Herod was troubled by this and when King Herod was troubled by it, all Jerusalem was troubled by it. Because if Herod was troubled, everybody else was troubled because when he started killing people, Everyone was in danger. The Magi, the wise men, came to the house of Mary and the child, and they fell down and worshipped him. These were non-Jewish kingmakers from the east who came and acknowledged that this is the promised Messiah. These were, were Gentiles, but they understood the words that had been planted to them by Daniel and others that indeed this is the king. The people of Israel missed what the Gentiles saw, but they came and bowed down and worshipped him and rejoiced in it. There is so much for us to rejoice in, in the fact of Jesus Christ is our King. As Americans, we don't understand much about royalty. In fact, um, when royalty from England recently came, uh, LeBron James made a major mistake in touching royalty. He put his arm around Catherine, is it? I don't even know. But um, And that, that was a great offense because with royalty, there come specific orders and laws and, and customs and things you do and don't do. But apart from that, we do not understand all that goes into being a king. You can forget about the Supreme Court. You can forget about Congress and legislatures. A king is the sole authority over people. It can be the best form of government if you have the right king. It can be the worst form of government if you have the wrong king. But it will be the form of government in the perfect millennial kingdom. It will be the form of government when God reigns and rules over all mankind. But the king was the supreme ruler. He had the right of life and the right of death. And by his wisdom or his whim, by his justice or by his bias, he could maintain someone keeping their life or he could decree them to lose their life. If you wanted mercy, you had to bow before a king and plead for his grace. And so the king carried great, great power. So all these references to the king in reference to the babe born in the manger... Remind us that Jesus Christ, as King, has all authority. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 says, 
Jesus, his last words before he left from his earthly ministry said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Proverbs 21 and verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as rivers of water. He turns it however he desires. Meaning, God is the ultimate authority. God is in control. That's a comforting thought when you see the world in the mess that it's in today. To understand God is still in control. Romans chapter 9 says that God is the potter, we are the clay. And He can do with us as pleases Him. As King, Christ has all authority. And it's understanding, we rejoice in this, that Christ's kingdom is universal. You know, we, we like to think every man is king of his own castle. Well, honestly, if all I'm king over is my own castle, that's a pretty small kingdom, right? And even we can't even rule over our own castle, can we? We can think and we can fantasize about the authority that we have in our life. But our authority is very, very limited, whereas Christ's authority is universal. It's not limited to the Middle East. It's not limited to, to Jerusalem. It's not limited to America. Christ's kingdom is universal. Psalm 47 and verse 7, He is king over all the earth. He is the king of every nation, every tribe, every tongue. To realize this is the babe and he came as a humble servant, but he's the king. Christ's reign will never end. There have been many great, great kingdoms. There have been the Babylonians and the Romans and the Medo-Persians and the Greeks. But of every kingdom, there has been an end. But in Christ's kingdom... There is no end. In, in Luke chapter 1, in another account of, of Christ's coming, in Luke chapter 1, in, in the account that is given and speaking to Mary, saying, You will bring forth a son, he shall be great, he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. There is no way that he will be assassinated, removed, overturned, denied. There's no way that he'll die and just fade into oblivion. Christ's reign will never end. And Christ's rule is without flaw. He is God. He cannot sin. Psalm 18 and verse 30 says, As for God, His ways are perfect. I don't care what human being there is, every one of us have many, many major flaws. But this King has no flaws. No mistakes, no shadow of, of um, t 
turning, no shadow of, I don't know, that was borderline. Nebuchadnezzar, one of the great rulers of his day, after God humbled him and made him realize that God is in control, Nebuchadnezzar said, all God's works are truth. They are right in all their ways. So what we're rejoicing in is that God has all authority, that His kingdom is universal, that it will never end, that it is perfect, that it is without flaw. But then we come to realize the human heart is the only place His kingship is contested. God created man with a free will. We can establish our own kings or even be our own king. But someday, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 tells us, someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can confess that He is King and Lord. We can confess that this is God in the flesh sent to pay the penalty for our sin, crucified to pay the penalty for our sin, rose again victorious over sin. We can confess that or we can say, oh, I don't know, that's an interesting story. That's, a, that's good if you believe that. But ultimately, everyone will someday acknowledge it. You can confess it now in this life, have your sins forgiven, be given a home eternal in heaven, or you can do it when you are forced to do it and you will be separated from God for all eternity. What we're celebrating here at Christmas is this is God with us. This is God the Savior. This is God my King. I either willingly submit to His salvation, accepting His terms of forgiveness. Remember, He's King. I can't give Him the terms. He's the King. He set the terms. He said, there is no remission of sin except by the blood of Jesus Christ. The, the blood, as they talked about the candy cane, the red stands for the blood of Jesus Christ. So we submit to His terms for salvation, but then once we've trusted Christ, it's a walk of submission to Him, accepting His, His will. The, the angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you are highly favored. You will bring forth a son. And Mary said, how can these things be? And the angel said, what is conceived of you is of the Holy Spirit. And Mary submitted to God's will. He said, she said, be it unto me as the handmaid of the Lord. I am willing to be a servant to you. And in our lives, it is submitting our wills to God. Are we willing to trust the perfect king? Or are we going to trust our own knowledge? That's one of the dark questions. 
But you know what? We over and over again trust our own knowledge. We have no idea how many hairs are on our head. We have no idea when we are going to breathe our last breath. We have no idea how our eyes work, how our heart keeps working. We could go on and on and on. God gave Job a list of questions. Do you know this? Do you know this? Do you know this? And Job said, no, 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 no. And God said, so then, are you going to trust me? I know everything. I am perfect in all my ways. And he said, I'm giving you an opportunity to follow, they mentioned, the good shepherd. Are you going to follow the good shepherd? No, I think I'll follow my understanding. Or I think I'll follow the educators. The more we honestly become educated, the more we see that everything in this is true. Science never proves this wrong. This proves the reality of life. They used to think that blood didn't matter. But long before science found out that blood mattered, when they used to drain blood to get it out of people, long before science said that, the Bible said the life of the flesh is in the blood. Scientists used to believe the earth was flat. But long before scientists discovered the earth was round, the Bible said that God hung the circuit of the earth in space. We could go on and on and on. So you get to choose. Am I going to trust myself? And am, I, am I going to trust education? I hope you're not trusting government. <laughs> or am I going to trust God? And I'm going to submit to Him. Because He is King. Christ's next appearance will be not as a babe in a manger, his next appearance will be as king. Revelation 19 and verse 16 says that he will come as king of kings and lord of lords. That term means someone who has power to exercise absolute dominion over all his realm. In this case, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And his realm is all of creation. And John said he is coming as King of kings and Lord of lords to establish his earthly kingdom, as he said in Mark chapter 13 and verse 26. And it means in the end that all other rulers will be conquered and abolished, and he alone will reign supreme as King and Lord of all the earth. There is no power, there is no king, no Lord who can oppose Him and win. And that's what we're celebrating. That He is willing to adopt me and bring me into His royal family? Amazing love! How can it be that royalty should love me? That the king is willing to come as a servant so that I can be brought into his family. That's what we're celebrating. So you look around the world today and you see things going on. We celebrate because we still know 
The king is in control. And the king is coming. He came the first time as a babe, as a humble servant. He's coming again as the king of kings and lord of lords. So we do. There should be no one that celebrates Christmas any more than we as Christians. It is God with us. It is the Savior. It is the King. That's our King. That's royalty that He has adopted into us. As you sing and hear various Christmas songs through the season, just kind of put in your mind listening for the King. And understand and rejoice that we celebrate the King today. You listen as Judy comes and sings the birthday of the King.